I'll tell you something I don't like to start us off this week. <laughs> I thought this was meant to be a celebration. <laughs> and we're not, we're not even like into the podcast yet. Like, I'm not saying there can't be any negative vibes this week because there are things to be negative about. I won't, I won't beat around that bush. But it's like you've you've turned up to my house, you know, say we're say we were brothers in law or something, or or even brothers potentially, and we're having Christmas with the family. You know, we've got everyone around, Nan's come, Mum and Dad are here, you know, old Uncle Terry. And instead of waiting for the reasonable time to have an argument on Christmas Day, which is probably about <laughs> half three, four o'clock when you're all a little bit pissed from the breakfast booze, you've just turned up barge straight steaming. through the door and yeah not, not even steaming just straight you know cold blooded and you know what I also fucking hate about you Will that's just not on Dan you've got to warm up into into the anger today for it is a celebration it is a celebration it's great the hockey's back it's so good but it's what do you so hate it... oh god <laughs> well, this is, no, is going to be what it. specifically do you hate today I was going to say, yeah, what do I hate today? We could do two hours on just, like, things I hate in general. Um, I feel like we have done that before. Uh, yeah, you might, you might have a fair point, actually. Um, this is going to be rough, as my, as my wife is sat in the room at the moment. But I will say, I fucking hate going out for food and then... And to be fair, actually, this isn't with my wife. This happened, this happened the other week when I went out with friends. When I've eaten my food, I just want to leave. I don't want oh, to sit mate. and digest for 20 minutes. I don't want to continue. So actually, not to put the burden on my wife, as I don't want to get stabbed in the, the back of the neck. Um, we were out, I was out with friends on Friday. And, and sort of 15 minutes after we'd finished, we were still sat talking. And I was thinking, come on. The transaction's done now. I just want to leave. <laughs> I just want to get out of here. So, what you want to you want to move somewhere else to continue the conversation, or you just want to stop completely? I just want to, I just want to go. I've I've come here to eat food. the the pre The pre conversation chat is fine because food's like on the way. But once I've eaten, and that we go we go to this curry, and they take ages bringing the bill. I don't know what they're doing, but we ask for the bill, and like, it's been sort of like fifteen minutes before. I'd, I never, you. I never get doing? that. Just get me the bill. <laughs> like no matter where you are, if someone's asked for the bill, surely if I'm if I'm a waiter or like the owner of a restaurant, or whatever, I want that person out. Because you know, if you leave yeah. them stewing for half an hour, you're not going to get any more drinks orders out of them because they want the bloody bill, and all you're doing is doing yourself out of a tip. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand like, why they, I don't understand why they do it. Just once I've asked for the bill, give me the bill, and I'm because I'm going. That's it. I'm done. This is it. It's part. It's part of the service, getting you out quickly. Because yeah, like you said, if if you want to stick around chatting and you know enjoying the rest of the time, you're not asking for the bill. You might ask for another drink or something. But once you want the bill, it's like right, I'm done. Get me out. Then you've got you freed yourself up a table. Like it's, uh, I never understand it. No, it's one of those. It's one of those little, <laughs> like I was saying last week, one of my little annoyances. <laughs> Just, oh god. Give me my food. Give me my food. Food's here. Great. I've eaten. Give me the bill. I'm going. I am done. I like to imagine you as like a diagram of a man, Dan. And instead of like 
I'm already taking that praise. You calling me a man, Will. I'll accept well, that any day. And, and you know, a, di- a diagram is a bit of a, a praise as well, I'd say. You know, you're, you're accurate oh. to some degree. I, I guess. But instead, of, it's like you've got like a little 2D, 2D diagram. And instead of being filled up by like, you know, 70% water or whatever, X amount nitrogen or whatever sort of things you could fill up a diagram of a human being with, you're just little pieces of things that piss you off. <laughs> And that's all. It's that's so all. True. If if you cease to be pissed off by things, you cease to exist. It's so true. Do you know what's funny though? Is like I was saying I'd last week or the week before. If it was something big, say say we go for a meal, and as the waiter brings over the food, he drops it on my lap. I I wouldn't freak out. I'd just go, ah oh, shit. Oh well, there's nothing you can do about that. I guess I'll just go and get changed. But not bringing me the bill immediately. I just like, come on. <laughs> it's so weird. And I don't get why that is. I suppose where it feels like controllable, you know what I mean? Like someone dropping a meal on you, like that's blatantly an accident and whatever. You know, whatever has led to that, nobody's intended for that to happen. C'est la But like, waiting for a bill for ages, that's somebody not doing their job. That's true. And I always feel better when I stand up as well. So if I've had a, if I've gone out on a, say on a Saturday... Which is my sort of I can eat my cheat food, whatever you know, whatever I want on that day because I'm kind of a pretty strict diet. I always feel, I always eat way too much because I just you know. There's a great Louis C.K. line which relates to me on a Saturday eating food is the meal's not finished when I'm full, the meal's finished when I hate myself. That's when <laughs> I stop eating when I start to think, oh god, I am a real fucking piece of work. This is not good. This is not good. When you just stop it- eating. When you hit that point, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I should have stopped eating 20 minutes ago. Yeah. I'm eating now because it's just there. There's there's no other reason. It's not even, at this point, it's not even greediness. It's just in front of me. So it just gets shoveled in. And I feel, once I get the bill and I stand up and walk around a bit, the food kind of settles and I feel better. Instead of just sitting there feeling like, feeling like I've got a gut like gritty. Well, you don't, you don't need the bill to stand up. It's not like a fucking air, airplane. Like, there's no, there's not some red light above that says, "Do not leave your your seat until you got the bill." You got the you're, bill. You're plenty fine to get up and stretch your legs and let it all filter That's down. Weird, though. That's just weird though. You just stand up and like move go, go for a, a piss. You're like a mental person. What standing up makes you a mental person? No, just standing up and then sort of moving around a little bit and then sitting down again in the same spot you're like a complete psycho nah nothing wrong with that I told you that I need to stretch the old leggy lose maybe I'll have to announce it I'll have to just stand up and go oh I just have a stretch there that's better and then sit down again so people don't think I'm crazy you know if you forget something in the street and you can't just turn around on the spot and walk back the other way you have to make a big show like oh I forgot something or you kind of knock your head and go oh of course or you turn around. Check your phone, you're like, oh, bloody hell, and then turn around. Yeah. You can't just turn around in the street because people will be like, what the hell's wrong with that guy? <laughs> to, to be fair, Dan, from the sounds of, well, from the way you've described your eating habits when you go out, that's already telegraphing enough that you are going to need to stand up and let this seep out into the rest of your body at some point. <laughs> so the waiters are going to be point. like, oh, yeah, that fucker needs to stand up, doesn't he? It's the only exercise he's done a week. What a prick. <laughs> It's so true. I assume. Yeah, just I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a hard exerciser. I love exercise. I'm a. Uh, I thought I was just like a comment on your, um, on your arousal while you exercise. 
No. Well, I mean, maybe that as well. I mean, only if, only if there's a mirror there, Will, because, you know. A spe- Probably early in the morning. <laughs> a, spe- a specimen such as myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. So for you. <laughs> Oiling yourself up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not even exercising. I've just got baby oil. Just massaging myself slowly. Oh, this is awful. Stop, 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 stop. Standing up, rubbing baby oil into yourself, letting letting your mixed grill seep down. <laughs> I wish it was a mix. It's always like a mixed grill and then a chocolate cake or a mixed grill and a bag of, like a whole bag of minstrels or something. I wish it was just a mixed grill. I, I just so want to take food. a second to, to shout out Mark R on Twitter, who who said some nice things about the podcast this week. Uh, thanks for listening, Mark. <laughs> Mark, Mark. Sorry, Mark. Mark specifically said, "I can't wait to see what it's like when the season starts." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what it's like. <laughs> There's uh, three hundred and sixty-five days a year operation. This. But it's here. The NHL is back, Dan. Like, yes. What, what more? Could, like, I'm I'm a thoroughly happy chap right now. I've got, I've got Goose Island IPA. I've got the NHL. The stars haven't played yet. This is like the perfect sweet spot where hockey's back, but nothing bad has happened yet. Um, for well, some... it was until uh, <laughs> for me personally, uh, and I'm I'm with you now, Dan, because the lineups have come out for the stars game tonight, and um. Roman Polak is playing ahead of Julius Honka, so basically, I think Hitchcock is actually just in a bald cap and impersonating Jim Montgomery at this point. Basically, at this point, there's something going on with Honka, isn't there? Because isn't this hasn't he been no. sort of like the guy that's meant to be stepping up for the past sort of four years or something? Don't want to hear it, mate. Don't want to hear it. It's all the coaches <laughs> that are wrong. Not nothing. Nothing wrong with the player. Nothing that's true. wrong. At all, but but yeah, I mean, so with Honka a couple of seasons ago, last year, Lindy Ruff, he finally came up out of the AHL for for the last sixteen games of the season. Five points as a rookie player, minimal minutes, had some really good flashes of what could have been the future. So he was buried in the AHL for a long time, but he was still like a twenty-year-old defenseman, I think, when he came up. So. He was buried for a couple of seasons, but only because he went straight in as an eighteen-year-old. So it feels like he's been developing for longer than he has been. But yeah, it's yeah, I see what you mean. It's a it's a touch worrying that he's not playing tonight. A touch. Uh, it's it's unfortunately. I, I was going to say it's one of those things, I, and I stopped myself. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Well, oh, it was. Um, so I was going to change it to. I think it's a situation where. I think it might be one of those situations where you sometimes have you have the same in all fans of all team sports will always say about the coach why didn't he pick this player why isn't he put this guy in and it happens in football all the time and it you know it will do in hockey as well and you, you always get why is he playing this guy and I sometimes think well you have no idea what goes on at the practice rink or at the training ground or you have no clue and at some point do you, I don't know like. Julius Honka could be walking down the corridor or something, and like Jim Nils walked past him or something, going "Morning, Julius," and he's going, "Oh, fuck off!" <laughs> and that's it. He's done. There's no. It doesn't matter. Finito. How good he plays. 
<laughs> yeah, that's it. You're done. Sorry, son. You get into an argument with the coach, or I don't know, one of the kit men, or something, and that's it. He's just—he's going to be—he's being punished now for in perpetuity. Um, I hope he's not. Weird. But yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah. But yeah, yeah it is odd. He's—he's he's, he's been a late scratch as well. Yeah. But yeah, because I've, we'll, I've seen his name being banded around for a while, but he's uh, yeah. If if he if he works it out, he should be good. Yeah, you know, could he's not going to be a, a like a, a game breaker or anything like that. But he should be a good top four defenseman eventually if it all works out. But we shall see. We shall see. Should we um talk about more um tangible tragedies, Dan? Um, <laughs> would you want to join it quickly? Um, I was thinking there's only uh the four games last night. Just have a little quick mini review of those four games. Yeah, nothing, yeah, definitely. Nothing crazy. Um. It's it's as we all know, it's the first game. There's no point in going crazy. I will say, um as I mentioned oh, I think during the playoffs last year, doing this doing this show has really curtailed my crazy fandom. Because I woke up this morning and saw that the Bruins got beat so I decided not to watch the game in the end, thank God. Um Well at least you could have, you know, just watched the first five minutes and then decided to go. Yeah, to be fair, yeah, I could have watched the first five minutes and been done. And then just kind of chuckled himself and thought, oh well. And then started checking out other games to see what had happened and kind of other headlines. And it, it happens the same with um, I know Lozo was a Devils fan. Obviously Wish is a Devils fan. And then you've got, you know, obviously Merrick, Friedman, all these guys. And they never really go full on going crazy about their team. And when I used to listen to sort of podcasts before, sporting ones, I always found it odd that all oh, right, do you not still really like crazily follow your team? And it makes total sense now because you don't you don't have time to kind of delve into everything that's gone wrong or get annoyed or really be bothered too much because you just have to think, because we're doing the show where I just thought, right, okay, whatever. I need to get on with some other stuff here and some other prep for the show. I love how we're... Makes sense. I just love how we're one game into the season. There's been one blowout loss for the Bruins on opening night and you're already renouncing your bees fandom. Oh, I'm, I'm just I'm just above it all, you know. I'm not I just I saw the scoreline and I chuckled. Yeah, I thought, oh well, so it goes. As if you weren't crying into your black and yellow teddy bear until five minutes before we started recording this. I was crying as I was oiling myself up this morning with my baby oil. <laughs> as I'm smothering it on my chest. Oh Jesus, why do I keep going back to that? Sorry, everybody, that's awful. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Here's what I get annoyed more about now, is the periphery of things in the game. I understand, and I've actually seen support for it, was obviously Brad Marchand having a go at Lars Eller after chirping the bench when it went with 7-0. Having a go, not, uh, not assaulting yeah. him. Yeah, well, yeah. And... You know what, Marchand... Maybe don't go down seven fucking nil and give him an excuse to do that. I'm, I'm, like, like I've said before, I'm, I'm stuck in the middle on fighting. Um, but to me, this is just, this is just stupidity. If you don't want to be, if you don't want to get pissed off at being down seven nil, don't be fucking down at seven nil. So, uh, you know, 
and Cassidy said he was fine with it. I think uh, Nick Kiprio said he was fine with it. Uh, I I think it's I think it's idiotic just to, to get in a fight because you're getting destroyed. Maybe instead of you know using your energy to do that, you should have used your energy to play better. That's that was that was the thing that annoyed me more about the game was the kind of like say the stupidity outside of the actual score. I think we've we've said it before on here about you know fighting within the code, you know, air quotes and all that. But like, and I I love I won't I won't be ashamed to say I love seeing like you know Ryan Reeves fight whatever goon you've not yeah the closest thing to a goon you have on your team sort of thing like you know Bufflin. Right, God, I'd pay to see Reeves versus Bufflin, wouldn't you? Happy, right, wouldn't oh, yeah. it? Like God, two, yeah, get, two willing combatants give me a good get fight a UFC, every day. Get him in a UFC cage. Oh yeah, get him in a UFC cage. Anyway, but what, like Marshan just mugging Larzella, and it, all right, yeah, you can say, oh, he was disrespecting the team. Like, give a fucking shit, mate. Like you're seven nil down, and this is like Marshan is someone who's proud of his chirping as well. Like this is a game where. Yeah, it's built on trash talk on the ice. Is it, are we not allowed to trash talk people when we're thrashing them seven nil? And there's less than five minutes left in the game. There's nothing that the Bruins can do at this point. So Marshan just takes his frustration out on on Larzella, who isn't a noted fighter, by just beating the shit out of him. And and while we're on it, what are those linesmen doing? Like Larzella is not a willing combatant in that fight whatsoever. I know. And they they just let it go on. And and if I can just carry on for one more second, now because I've just remembered, the thing that really pissed me off, like I understand the rules, but in my in my mind, Lars Eller does not get five minutes for fighting for that. He just got fucking assaulted. Yeah. Like how can how can you give someone five minutes for fighting when they just got beaten up when they didn't want to fight? Like that's that's a ten minute roughing major or or whatever you want to call it. Like it's yeah. Like, that that blew my mind when I saw that Ella got five minutes as well. Granted, Marshall got the instigator and stuff, but nah, it's just not on. I agree. If you're right, that Bruins bench, what it, it, they they got humiliated and should have sat there and taken it. You sit there and you take your punishment, and you've not earned the right. You've not even earned the right to fight back. No, you've not. You've not even earned the right to chirp anything back. Sorry, guys, you got destroyed. You sit there, you take it like a man, and you try and come back better the next day. Simple as that. There's no reason for you to go out there and start swinging, because that's just idiotic, in my opinion. And they got destroyed by the reigning Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. <laughs> in the first game of the season. Like, what, every every time they get beaten by a top-rated team, Marshall's going to go out there and, what, they play Tampa and he's going to start beating the shit out of Yanni Gord, is he? Like, it's just... Yeah, it's I embarrassing. Get it. I didn't get it. I, it wasn't like I mean, I mean, Boston's gone through, especially the third and fourth lines, gone through a load of change. Like the third and fourth lines have gone through like loads of new guys in, new team, maybe a new system, trying to work some things out. It's the first fucking game. Why? Why? Why would you do that? It's just ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous, and it drove it drove me mad. And I wouldn't have honestly, I wouldn't have even, I wouldn't have cared who it was. I hate that. <clears throat> you just, sorry. It's you just sit there and you take your punishment. It's like it's like when you get caught by your parents or something doing something naughty and they shout at you and you try and answer back. No, <laughs> you've got nothing. Sorry, just uh, just shut up and listen, and then maybe not be so bad next time. How about that? Is he um, anyway. is he getting a hearing? 
I've not I've not seen anything on Twitter today. I've not seen anything. This is it. Like I, I was hoping I'd miss something, but I get the feeling that nothing's yeah. going to come from this. And I think that should yeah, be a suspension. I don't either. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. I completely agree. Maybe this is. Oh God, <laughs> what have we been saying about Marshan? <laughs> We've been saying like, what's his next sneaky tactic going to be? There's no sneaky tactic. He's just going to fight people openly, and the NHL is going to be like, oh well, yeah, that's part of the game. That's what we do. And nothing's gonna happen. Instead of being, instead of just trying to sneakily elbow guys or spear them or lick their fucking lick the bogeys out of their nose or something, <laughs> he's just yeah, gonna he's openly fight them on the ice. Just gonna beat the shit out of them. Yeah, he's gonna. He's essentially hiding in plain sight. Fair play to him if that's if that's the tactic. But still. So, so what's he gonna do tonight? Is he just gonna they're, they're gonna go one nil down to the Sabers and he's just gonna jump Jeff Skinner? <laughs> Probably. Just going to start swinging for the fences. To anyone on that bloody Buffalo team, like, they're all tiny. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, Eric Carlson's ruined the Sharks. Discuss. <laughs> um, we all should have seen it coming. Yeah, it's true. Uh, you can have too much of a good thing, so it seems. Uh, what they like should have done on is Saturdays with my covered, covered in baby oil. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, what they should have done is sent that package to um, another team for a less uh, what I should have really done actually I've, I've completely lied to myself here should have traded Evander Kane for uh, hold on for <laughs> Tyler Myers no no that's not going to work uh, can't send him back to Winnipeg for Julius Honka there you go right handed D um, and that would have been a much more appropriate trade because you know, it wouldn't have shifted the scales too much. Now they've got too much of a good thing. There's not enough grit to balance out the skill. And, uh, you know, too many cooks spoil the broth. Do you, do you want any more cliches there, Dan? Or any, any no, idioms? I mean, it is, you know, it is what it is, Will, isn't it? It is what um, it is. <laughs> yeah, you're right, that's it. He's, he's ruined the team. Too many good players. The next guy just thinks, well, that's okay. Eric Carlson can take care of that. The next guy thinks, that's okay. Brent Burns can take care of that. And no, no one else needs to bother trying. And there we go. That's the end of the Sharks. They've, uh, yeah, shame. Crying shame. Uh, Elias in, Patterson. In all, in all oh, God, seriousness, so I was just going to say, on, on a serious subject with the, with the Sharks, it's it's obviously not Carlson's fault. It's uh, Joe Thornton's fault for shaving off that beautiful beard of his. He's... Um, yeah, when he broke, that, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's just broken the sharks by breaking himself. It was. Do you know what was weird? Was <laughs> on Twitter. I think Joe Pavelski had put like obviously the clippers and the beard hair picture on, and he put the beard is gone, and I thought I don't remember Joe Pavelski having a beard because it's <laughs> exactly what I thought. I thought well, yeah. I know I know Pavelski has a bit of a beard, but. Not yeah, enough that's worth, like, like, oh, shaving my beard off. Yeah, and I was thinking, shit, when did he grow that beard? My mind went completely blank for a second. And then I saw obviously things start coming in. Like, oh, okay. It is very odd. He, I, I said he looks like the he looks like the dad from The Staircase on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen that, but... I've watched an episode or two, but all I can remember is um, Lawyer Tortorella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was right. And one of them looked like Joel Quemble as well. Oh yeah, one of the coppers or something, didn't they? Yeah, I'm sure it was one of the coppers. Yeah, I remember watching that episode and absolutely wetting myself and Grace not understanding <laughs> what was happening. 
Well, there you go. Now we've got Torts, we've got Joel Crenville, and we've got Joe Thornton. All, <laughs> yeah. all, all in the, the staircase. staircase. <laughs> so when when I first saw the photo of him without it, I thought, he's, yeah, he's taken a bunch of years off him. But then, then I looked again, and I saw him on the ice last night. I thought, oh, actually, nah, he just looks really, really, really old now. Like, he looks a bit... Yeah. Not that he looks like J.K. Simmons, but he has that J.K. Simmons-style <laughs> head. You know what I mean? It's just a bit of an old man head now. That's uh, true. Yeah, I did the same thing. It was like looking at him in standard def and in, and in high def. In standard def, I was like, oh, yeah, he yeah, looks looks way better. And then in HD, I just thought, oh, God, no, so many wrinkles on his face. He's an old, old man. He's a very old man. It's like he's gone from being a trendy old man to just an old man. Yeah, it's so true. It was like um, when we first got um, an HD TV back in the day, Hollyoaks became hilarious because all the car- all the girls in Hollyoaks have got because they're young girls and young lads. Actually, not even the girls, the lads as well. They've all got like terrible acne or bad spots, and they oh, wear God, so much yeah. makeup. And in standard death, you couldn't see it. And then we went to HD, and we went, "Oh my God, <laughs> that girl's got really bad skin." Well, that lad's got terrible spots on his face. And yeah, you don't want to watch Hollyoaks with a 3D TV. Absolutely not. Oh, God, no. Terrible, terrible. I did enjoy, there was a couple of um, a couple of Twitter things I enjoyed, was that everybody, everybody posted the uh, Conor McGregor press conference when he goes, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> 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 like, there's so many of those, but that's never that never gets boring. And uh, shout out to at J Fredericks, J F R E D R I X, which said it was the uh, it's the Sharks' final preseason cut. Hey. It was far too clever, far too clever for its own good. What but a smart guy! It's uh, very smart, very clever. He's a uh, yeah, he's cursed himself, obviously. One one thing I loved about watching, like. I'll be honest, I didn't watch any of the games last night, but I watched all the highlights this morning, and yeah. there was some beautiful hockey played. Yeah, it wasn't. Oh, was maybe, great. maybe it was just a bit. You know, I was excited to have the, have the sport back, but you, some of the like the Matthews and the Tavares goals, like that that little toe drag Matthews does before he snaps it, and the stutter step for Tavares, um, that Nick Dowd goal. Did you? I assume you saw the Nick Dowd goal. I did indeed. Like spinner armor backhand, that's absolutely ridiculous. And like Nick Dowd has no right doing that. That's not what a player of his caliber can do. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm trying to remember. There are a couple of other decent goals as well, but I can't. Um, even just the fact that Pettersson got a goal in his debut and stuff. Like, yeah, there was some really really nice hockey being played last night. Like that Kuznetsov goal off the face off. That was really weird. Yeah, it was just yeah. I've got I've got high hopes for the ceiling now. The ceiling this season, I think it's going to be um, yeah, I think it's going to be a good one with some some pretty puck being played. It's just great to have it back. And as well, folks, as you know, hockey season, hockey regular season means you get the uh, the return of Dan's hot first period takes, which is because uh, <laughs> obviously I can only watch games till about one o'clock before I fall asleep. So you die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That hot first period action, oh boy! You wait till you get my takes coming off on Twitter account. Um, I, I don't know if we can use the words "hot" and "action" for describing things you're doing after we've talked about you rubbing yourself in baby oil so much today. Ah, it's a good point. It's a good point. Let's just call it. Um, oh God, what can we call it? Just, 
things I've noticed in the first. That's a bit wordy. Things <laughs> things I've noticed in the first period of hockey games uh, <laughs> by Dan by Dan Masters, age ten. <laughs> yeah. Let's <laughs> uh, mention yeah, mention the Leafs as well. I think it was good for him, Tavares to get off the mark. You, mm. you know, any any game where it's your job to put up points, first game, get something on the board, get it done, and that's already got a monkey off your back. So, I do not, you know, and yeah, Matthews looked to uh, Matthews looked hella sharp last night, didn't he? Jesus, oh my god, and that that power play is looking ferocious. <laughs> As it, it's terrifying. It's, terrifying. it's looking how it should look. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, it's easy exactly. to put that many quality players on a power play for it to not quite live up to what it should do. But oh my god, they look like they're in mid-season form already. Did you see uh, Nylander's comments today from the uh, Swedish newspaper? Uh, no, I didn't. No, nah. yeah, it was. Um, I've only saw it on Sportsnet about an hour ago, so it might just be uh, only just coming onto the uh, onto the Y and L. But he was. Um, we'll, we'll get this. Up, to be fair, I mean, I don't know if it happens a lot in hockey, but uh, players, t- foreign players, talking to their own newspapers is something we get in football all the time, isn't it? Um, we always get the classic quote. So I was misquoted, or. Belgian player speaks to Belgian press and says, "My team is shit." <laughs> and then it, and it was, and it's the same kind of thing. Nylander was talking to, uh, he was practicing in Sweden at some rink with a guy who'd, um, I apologise, the guy I've forgotten his name because his name isn't William Nylander. Um, was it something no. Ericsson? <laughs> Whatever it was, you're not going to get it. Marcus some... Ericsson. There you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, and he just he said I have to, he says I want to be playing hockey but I have to take care of myself, which I think is uh, telling that I think the two sides are still quite far apart because he I'd... must be looking. He's you know you think like Nick Healers is making what six Pasternak's the making six six seven. He's got to be thinking well I'm worth at least like back to back sixty sixty one point seasons around yep. there isn't it. He is clearly a player already who can play, and you would th- you would think those you know sort of projections already. He's you know you're looking at an 18, 90 point player here. If he's if he's getting putting up sixty one points at this age already, um, and like we say with the agent, obviously probably pumping his tires quite uh, vociferously, he's definitely going to be looking to make at least at least six. I would say. But I mean, to an extent, what? How, how old is Nylander? Twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two tops. Let's say. Let's have a look. He could he could do a six point seven five. Let's say over six years, and then still be in line for a big ticket when he's twenty-eight. When he has potentially had his 80, 90 point seasons, and then can just command. Right, I want eight by. I want eleven by eight, sort of thing. Yeah, no, I agree. So I don't think. Um, but if. I, I can't imagine the Leafs are trying to get much lower than... You know, if I'm Carl Dupas, I'm aiming for an Ehlers slash Pasternak, Mark Shifley kind of contract. Whereas if I'm in, in Nylander's camp, I'm looking at Leon Dreisaitl and saying, right, I want Leon Dreisaitl money because I've done this without Conor McDavid. So if... I suppose, but then but then again, it, we've, we've said before, it's the knock-on effect down the line of then, well, Matthews is, you know... When the salary cap goes up, what's he going to want? What's Marner going to want? 
they've got guys they've got guys are going to need to resign as well. I mean, Jake Gardner is going to be coming up. Um, Kapanen maybe. You know, there's all these guys as well they've got to take into consideration. Yeah, absolutely. But like, I think for Dubas, he has to focus on those core three of Matthews, Marner, and Nylander. Then yeah. accept that players like Gardner and Kapanen. I know he's only just joined the roster, but like Andreas Jonsson are potentially going to fall to the wayside in order to keep those three and John Tavares around. But there, uh, yeah, I suppose. But then you think, I mean, again, we're just trying to awfully speculate here, as we always do. Well, but then you look—it's it's at... hard to speculate on because we don't know what Nyland is asking for, and we don't know what the yeah. Maple Leafs are offering. If because you know the Leafs could easily be offering. Four million over six years, and and Nylander just wants his seven million. I think if you yeah. if you can get a decent term at seven million for Nylander at the moment, that's not an awful contract. You think I you suppose. think what Vlad Tarasenko is getting? What does he get? Eight million, seven million, and Nylander's Tarasenko is going to score more goals than Nylander, but point production wise, they're roughly the same. And Nylander's got a hell of a lot more years to go than Tarasenko does. Yeah, Tarasenko's on seven and a half. There you go. And and again, if you if you can get eight years at seven and a half million for Nylander, he's locked up. And that's not an awful contract. It's not, but then It's not it's not know, a great contract. Do you want to put Yeah, do you, you know, you've got Tavares at eleven, then you get Nylander at seven and a half, Matthews will probably want around ten. Mana's gonna want around Eight nine. Do you want to really? Do you really want to wrap up what forty five percent of your cap hit on four players? I mean, well then, don't dear. Do Ideally, but I, yeah, I mean, I agree. He, he, you know, they might have backed themselves into a corner here, and I don't know. If, if the question, if the question is, do you want to wrap up forty five percent of your cap on those four players? The real question you have to ask yourself is, do I want all four of these players? Yeah, true. Because that's it's just going to be the nature of the beast. You're not going to, you know, Stevie White is an absolute warlock, but you're not <laughs> going to get three years out of William Nylander for four point seven million. Like, yeah, I'd, I'll I'll gladly eat my slipper if if it ends up that way. But I'd have thought if I'm Nylander's agent, I'm looking at that Nikita Kucherov comment uh, contract the four the four point seven by three or whatever it was. And saying to Dubas, if you even put that on paper, my client is playing a year in Sweden and you'll never fucking see him again. Yeah, yeah. I am surprised. I'll be honest. I know we were talking about uh, about you know what Dubas said that you know we can keep all these players and we will and maybe his agents gone. Oh, really? We'll we'll see about that if you're so sure. You know how you know you just think you can just sign my guy and that's it. But I'm surprised he's not signed. I am surprised they've not got something worked out yet. Um, I think I'll be more surprised if we get to about the third week of the season and he's not signed. Because again, yeah. this this agent has had. I think he's. I can't remember if he is Johnny Gaudreau's agent or he's somebody else's agent who was in a similar position to Johnny Gaudreau was a couple of years ago. And basically, he's had players hold out into the second week of the season before. So it's not. It's obviously a tactic he's willing to implement to get his way. And and again, Johnny Gaudreau is a great great um, comparison, I think, as far as this quote unquote holdout is concerned. 
because there wasn't that much national hoo-ha over Johnny Gaudreau. Sure, there was talk yeah. of all he hasn't signed yet. But Nylander not having signed is like bloody chicken little out here. Whereas really, <laughs> it's just... It is what it is, as a wise man once and Johnny, said. Yeah. And Johnny Gaudreau was making that money. He's making the same... He's making... I think he's 6.7. So he's exactly around who, there. There are plenty of comparables for Nylander, which is, a, in a way, another weird wrinkle. Which I, th- I think it... That's what makes me. That's what's what's making me think that the Leafs are not even close to that, because, like you say, there's Goudreau, Ehlers, Pasternak. There's others as well, who I've forgot right now. But they're all making around that much. They're all making between six and seven. So if you think, well, he he can't be looking at them thinking, well, I'm worth ten, because he's almost you know they're all the same as each other. So you'd be thinking, well, yeah, I'm worth, I'm worth six and a half at least. I'm, you know, I'm worth six and a half for sure. But so part of me thinks, least... go on. I was just going to say, I think, like, given that his agent has had clients and currently has a client in William Nylander who have held out previously to try and get what they perceive as fair, I think that's almost a precedent he's set for himself. I can imagine yeah. that if he's the sort of agent that has his clients hold out into the season, he is going to squabble over. 50k 500 grand whatever it is like if it's not something that he wants to agree to whether they're five million apart or 50p apart like he's gonna fight tooth and nail is is my presumption based on his previous actions you i found it interesting as well that the um shanahan was trying to like strong arm him a little bit wasn't he with his comments saying oh well you know when i played in detroit we uh you know we had guys who didn't want to kind of you know these guys; they they just wanted to win. It was all it was all about winning. None of them really cared about money. <laughs> Thinking, well, it's not like that anymore. Sorry. Did you uh, really did you not. see the comparison between those Detroit teams and um and the Colorado team of the time? No, I didn't. I didn't read down on it because I because I sort of um yeah when when I heard that I thought oh, yeah fuck off Brendan what are you talking about but um so uh. I might fudge these numbers a bit, but I think Shanahan was making 6.5, Eisenman was making 8, and Lidstrom was making 10. Bearing in mind there was yeah. no salary cap at this point. <laughs> yeah. By comparison, in Colorado, Peter Forsberg's making 10, Joe Sakic is making 10, uh, Robbie Blake's make, oh, Patrick Wars making 10, and Rob Blake was making 9.5. <laughs> so there is some truth to what Shane is saying yeah yeah but I wonder whether that's just revisionist history and him trying to say right I got shafted by my agent there I'll just say that I took less because cause I wanted to be better <laughs> like what benefit does it have to the team at that point <laughs> yeah it's a fair point if there's no cap <laughs> you and just like, get the, the best Ill- deal you can and the Illiches still had loads of money back then like that's not yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're uh, you're only fooling yourself there, Brendan. Sorry, mate. Oh dear. All right. Yeah. So that was last night's games. Tons of games tonight. Thank God. And get this well. I'm off work tomorrow, so I'm going to watch oh, lots of hockey today. Yay! You absolute scumbag. I've got training, so I'm going to sign up for a month of NHL TV tonight and then watch it tomorrow evening. I think. Good man. Good man. Can't wait. Can't wait. Okay. Uh, what do you want to get into? What should we start with? What should we start with, Christ? Should we do um, a recurring character? 
in this yeah, uh, sitcom of ours. Say, let's start. Let's start with Mr. Wilson, shall we? Blues coming running back at Sunquist. Whoa! As he gets cleaned out by Wilson, Sunquist stays down. And a host of blues are coming to talk to 43 and Red. And burner grab him right away. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it again while you do some stuff, because I do want to watch it again. Not in like a... Tom. Oh, I really want to watch that. <laughs> yeah. Purely for so, research purposes. Purely for research purposes. Uh, yeah. Tom Wilson crushed uh, Oscar Sundquist in a preseason game. For some reason, oh, you know what? Why are you looking at it? Let me get into this about preseason. Everyone, stop fucking crushing people and stop fucking fighting in preseason. You're not proving yourself to anybody. I don't want to fucking. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. It's about making a mark and blah blah blah. I don't want to hear it. Okay, it's the preseason. I mean, uh, at J Tom One Eight J T H O M Number One. Uh, put the picture up of um, Oscar Sundquist. He was at some, uh, I think it was at like a charity dinner or something. Like, he looked like he'd been in a car crash on his face. His face was just, he had a giant cut on the thing, on the bridge of his nose that ran down the side and then under his right eye as well. Um, it just looked heinous. And I don't fucking know what Tom, I, I don't know what Tom Wilson's thinking. I haven't got a clue. Um, Sporting News uh, had an article which was really, really good. Shout out to the Sporting News for this article because it was obviously the guy who did it had put a lot of effort into it and had gone through all his kind of indiscretions um, uh, since he came into the league and sort of put up some numbers and stuff. And since he came into the league in 2013, he's been penalised more than any other player. Jesus. And that's 800, yeah, 806 penalty minutes in that time. And they as they went down it and looked at times where um the uh, player safety had either got involved or had looked at situations there were 13 times since 2000 which is wait that's, that's ridiculous all right there's hits and there's bad hits and blah 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 but to get to the point 13 times where player safety has to look at it to make a decision it's just stupidity it's since just stupidity two, since 2013 yeah so more than twice a year he's being investigated by player safety. Yeah. And yet there are hundreds of players out there that haven't been investigated in their entire career. Yeah. And and, and some of those and some of these are in, some of these are in preseason games. Fucking preseason games. It's just and and just to to vamp off of what you were saying about um about it being in preseason games. And again, not to condone reckless play or anything. But I understand to an extent if you're a fringe prospect or just a prospect at all and you're trying to make the the National Hockey League and you want to make an impression. I'm not condoning the, the, the you know, reckless play or anything, but at least in that situation I can understand it. Tom Wilson doesn't have to prove shit to fucking anybody. He could, like... You know, within reason, he could play shit all throughout preseason, and he's probably still going to be in that lineup in the first. Like, he doesn't have to prove anything to anyone. He can he can play in second gear for the for, for the entirety of the preseason, and he's still going to end up on that for, top line with Kuznetsov and, and Ovechkin. But he's well, the just problem is he's, the problem is he's trying to earn a massive contract, isn't he? Oh wait, of course, <laughs> silly me. 
This is a player that player safety described in uh, in the postseason last year after he, I believe, after the hit on Zach Aston Reese, described oh, yeah. him as an extreme offender. And for me, twenty games is good. Twenty games is. I'm glad he got twenty games rather than like eight or twelve or something like that because this hit is despicable. But for me, an extreme offender. They suspended Rafi Torres for half a season, and yeah. for my money, Tom Wilson is Rafi Torres now. If you're if you're saying that someone's offensive history of offences is extreme, that is somebody that you need to eradicate from the game. Quite frankly, not that I want to see Tom Wilson out of the NHL. I want to see Tom Wilson's style of play out of the NHL, and how. 20 games is a lot by comparison, but how is 20 games going to get rid of him? You've got to to malign him. You've got to make him a bloody pariah so that he understands that, right, I have to to change my ways. But I don't don't think... I don't think they will. I think... uh, This is probably a very irresponsible thing to say, but I think we could end up with another Steve Moore type incident from Tom Tom Wilson, and that's the only way that this is going to end. Because it yeah. seems like that's what we're hurtling towards. It does. It, yeah, it it seems at this point that he's just again. I, 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 I fucking I said about Marshan before. That he just at this point cannot help himself. He doesn't know how to not do it. He doesn't. I don't know. He he doesn't know how to hit properly or hit the guy. But you know he. In hockey, yeah, you hit the guy, but you've also got to protect the guy. And it's, the, it's just fucking ridiculous. And he just... Like, Oscar Sundquist's face is just, like, smashed in. And he's, you know, he's he's going to be he's gonna be missing games and stuff. I'm not sure if he's been cleared or not yet, but... You wouldn't think so, looking at his mug. At all. The thing with this hit from Wilson, it's not, it's not a bad hit. It's not in in the sense of oh he timed it poorly or he raised his shoulder and caught him in the face. This is a blind side coming back on a back check at speed. Tom Wilson knows that he's not in a position to safely hit Oscar Sundquist, but he decides to hit him anyway. I, I from from playing roller with guys who played when they were younger, played um played ball hockey, which was full checking and quite a fast paced sort of game. They say about you know when you're younger and you're, you're stupid, the way you see body checking is trying to hurt somebody. It's not just about separating them from from the puck or the ball or whatever you're playing with. It's about destroying them. That's how you do a good body check. You want everything to be a highlight reel, Scott Stevens type here. And I can't help yeah. but think that that is how Tom Wilson views body checking. He doesn't view it as a tool to act to to you know, get control of the puck. He sees it as right. I'm gonna fuck this guy up. Yeah, he's not. He's not. It's he's um, he's doing it almost outside of the needs of the yeah. Well, he is. He's doing it outside of the needs of the game. Absolutely. Like he plays hockey to hit. He doesn't hit in order to play hockey. Oh, dude. Oh my god. Put that on a fucking t-shirt, folks. Jesus, that was beautiful, mate. I can see you <laughs> later. Oh, that was put. Yeah. Drop the mic. I'm out. Bye. That was poetry, man. That was poetry. I'm very impressed. Very impressed. Oh, thanks. But, but 
let me just spin zone this for a second. Because I think we should applaud the Washington Capitals for giving him a massive contract. And I'll tell you why. I like, I like where this, this is going. Think about this, right? If he's making a million a year and he gets fined, say, 10% of his wages, he's only losing 100000 Now he's making 5 million a year. If he gets fined 10%, he loses 500000 So what the Caps are doing by giving him loads more money is because they knew he was going to do something this stupid. They knew that by giving him so much money, he almost doesn't have to care anymore, that when he just goes crazy to somebody with reckless abandon, he's actually going to learn a lesson when he gets suspended. Think about that. I um, <laughs> I like the idea. Yeah. I like the optimism. Yeah, even I can't spin that. It yeah, it's a no, really it's no from me, dog. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Why do bad things always fucking happen in this league? Like, whether it, whether it's the league itself being shitty to its players and its fans, or the players being shitty to other players, or the players being shitty to their family members, to, to, to women, to, to animals, to members of the public, whatever it is, like... It feels like there isn't a week that goes by where there's not something shitty and depressing to talk about with this league. I know. They, do, they I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how you bring the hammer down on. Yeah, but then, like we said, it was he's a repeat offender, isn't he? Not just a repeat offender, a massive repeat offender. Just. The the biggest repeat offender. If he's had the most penalty minutes since he came into the league. My my only think, hope. Sorry, no, go on. No, yeah, and I think you're right. I think it should have been that's it. We've told you time and time again. And twenty games is. It's it's probably not enough. The the only hope that uh, or silver lining that I'm trying to sort of gleam out of this is that. This is it. Like Tom yeah. Wilson is is the last. Like he's 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 the end of it. Like and and there's you know it's more shocking and there's more spotlight on it because he's not. Uh, Marek and Mashinsky, uh, Mar- sorry, Marek and uh, Friedman were saying on on Thirty One Thoughts podcast like they think that he's the he's the last of a dying breed. You know, the last of the heavy hitters. And I really hope that's true. I really do. That. Um, it yeah, there's more of a spotlight on him because he's the only one left. Here's a problem though, right? You've got a guy who's like this, makes these hits, everyone in the media decries it, says it's horrible, says it's bad, says it's terrible. Yet, in the space of three months, he wins a Stanley Cup and then gets a bump in his pay from a million a year to over five million a year. Where's the detraction really? from a player, maybe not a young kid, but somebody 17, 18, who's got Wilson's ability, would maybe then not think, hang on a minute, look what Tom... I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that they'll do it, and I'm sure, I'm sure nobody would do it, but I'm just... You just never know that there'd be somebody out there seeing the path he's taken and what he's got from the game and what he's now earning from the game, and at some point would think, well, I'll just do that. Why don't I just do that? Because it's clearly worked for him. You know? 
on on the back of that and what you're saying about Wilson winning the cup and then getting the, the contract extension all after he had, again, already been described as an extreme offender by player safety. Um, at what point do we sort of put the onus on the teams themselves to stop perpetuating this sort of oh my violence God. in the game by giving them... At what point do we look at Ted Leonsis and, and Brian McClellan of the Capitals and saying, you've just given this man a hefty raise and a contract extension, and this is the first thing he does when he's back in the, back in the league. If you hadn't given him that, that contract extension, if the rest of the teams in the league hadn't signed this man, Oscar Sundquist would still have a fucking face right now. Do you know what it is as well? All the f- God, God damn it. God damn it for making me angry on this special, special day. <laughs> fuck, fucking this hell. Fucking, fucking Christmas. Fuck. God damn yeah, back to Christmas. God damn you, family, for making me hate you so much with your bullshit and waiting for the bill. <laughs> but the fucking caps came out and were pissed off at the league and the players association saying it's bullshit. It's a disgrace. Are you fucking crazy? Are you out of your minds? I hate, I hate this buddy, buddy. Every single guy in the room deserves to be here. Whatever he's done, it's not his fault. It's someone else's fault. No, it's his fault. You are all wrong. You are all really, really wrong. God, it wound me up so much last night when I read the article. That, you know, a lot of them were saying, oh, God, it's a disgrace. He's just the Mark Man. He's blah, blah, blah. No, he's not. No, he's not. Fucking get a grip. If the Caps had come out and said, they don't have to come out and say, oh, Tom Ellison's an idiot. It's a disgrace. He shouldn't play. They're not going to do that. They're going to try and protect their investment, mainly now because he's a fucking big investment. And they're going to look really dumb if he does the same thing in a year. And he gets a season ban or seventy five percent of the game ban or so I don't know fucking whatever. They're not really stupid, so they've got to come out and try and say the right thing. But to come out and be so aggressively the other way is incredibly stupid. All they had to do was come out and say, you know what, yeah, that's not a good hit. Don't comment on anything else. Don't talk about the repeat offences. Just say we we agree with the league's decision. And we're going to work with Tom to make sure this doesn't happen again. That's all they've got to do. That's, that, that's it. That's that's the the sort of statute of limitations for the amount of spin they're allowed to put on that. They're allowed yes. to say, right, this has been, yeah, you know, this has been a terrible situation. Yeah, you know, we hope uh, Oscar Sunfist is is going to be all right, and we hope there's nothing long lasting there. Um, we believe in Tom as a human being. Uh, we we know that. This is something that he can grow past, and we we strive to help him rid this from this game, from his game, and and you know continue to be the effective hockey player he is without endangering his his fellow you know players on the ice or something to that effect. You don't have to, like you said, go out and say, "Oh, the fucking Urgell, the fucking out to get us." Tom Wilson's a saint, like yeah. I I didn't read the article because I saw the saw the headline and thought, "I'm not fucking reading that. I'm not." Not interested in that in the slightest, and this this is a team that has you know all summer dating back to to getting the cup. Like the team as a whole, the organisation has been the golden boy of the NHL to an extent. Like yeah, it's a team that we were all happy to see win the cup because yeah, Ovi finally got to lift it. The the way that they reacted to winning the cup and the summer that they've had, all the antics. You know, we don't need to go over it again. But for me, as an organisation, it has taken. Pre-season to quite frankly, I think 
that's like they I don't agree with the way they you know they're not their belief system, but you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. And it's it's just a shame. It's just a real shame that Tom Wilson's fucking ruining it for everyone. I know. As much as I hate to say it, as much as I hate to say it, and God damn it, I don't want to, but fucking hell. You just know, you just know there were players with f- teammates of fucking Slava Voinov who was who were still thinking, yeah, but he's one of the guys. He's one of our mates. He's, he's one of the team. He'll die for this team. S- same with Austin Watson. You just know it. You just know there's players in that dressing room or that locker room that think that. And God damn it, it drives me mad. It's God. I've never known anything like it. I've never known a sport like it where they're so anti-everything other than the team. I understand that's how you build, you know, you play for the you play for the crest on the front, not the name on the back, and all that shit that goes, you know, back to the boards in the pond and all that crap. But God damn it, this is really stupidly, stupidly handled by them. Ugh. Christ. <laughs> all right all right all right some light relief will um because we have to get off this for i give myself an aneurysm did you see the uh what's in the box thing with uh austin matthews what and uh and paul bissonette paul bissonette did you see it i was looking for it on youtube but i couldn't really find it i found it on the uh, nhl twitter page I just it yeah. just popped up on my timeline. There you go. No, I I, I remember seeing it when it was all because it was all during the media day in Chicago, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, I remember seeing it at the time, thinking, "Oh, I'd like to watch that." And then it never appeared again. Okay. Well, two things. One, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's, it's such a simple genius idea. If you don't know what it is, and I assume you do, but Paul Bissonnette gets an NHLer into the room, they have a box that's open facing us, the NHL player can't see what's in the box, they have to put their hand into the box and touch whatever's in the box. So, first one was Austin Matthews, and his items were a coconut, which he <laughs> like he nearly jumped out of his skin <laughs> because they have hair on, don't they? And Bissonette's going, oh, I'm going, I'm going, it's moving. No, it's okay. Touch it now, touch it now, it's not moving. So she just like, just winding him up. And then just a hard-boiled, and then just a hard-boiled egg. And that was it. (laughs) And you would have thought, honestly, you would, if you just said to Austin Matthews, there's a venomous spider in there, he probably would have put his hand in easier than, than not knowing what was in there. Because he was so scared. He just seemed petrified. And I would be as well, because you never know, do you? You never know. That is but, such a fantastic idea. Like, and just so, I don't know, whimsical and lovely. Like, I'd, you know, imagine the pitch. Like, right, what we're going to do? What we're going to do? What we're going to do? We're going to get um, Paul Bissonnette, famed Twitter personality, General Nutter, and uh, and half-decent enforcer uh, to interact with these NHL superstars by getting them to put their hands in a box and touch a hard-boiled egg. Yeah. Uh, and it was genius, and it worked perfectly. It worked perfectly. I've got, I've got to hunt this down because it sounds incredible. It was great. But just... Well, the, the great thing as well was is that 
as we've said before, we never see NHL players outside of kind of a comfort zone. And I, we, we'd spoke last year about those puck personality videos, which was maybe the most misleading video name ever, because <laughs> half of them are about as exciting as unbuttered toast. But I, I would say just on that, it's wholly misleading because not in a single one of those videos have I actually seen a puck. So um, <laughs> there you go. Or a Double puck with personality. <laughs> just, they're just like pieces of plastic. Most funny um, pucks have more personality than these NHL players. Oh, yeah. What's your favourite cereal? Oh, I'd have to say Captain Crunch. Oh, I uh, probably I like Frosties. Oh yeah, I like uh, I like Cocoa Pops. Come on, guys, sell it. Uh, sell it to me. Sometimes on a Saturday, I like to uh, you know push push the boat out a bit and have uh, have some brand flakes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. So this was great because it's just it's pure, unabashed, unadulterated fun, and that's amazing. Um, but we need so much more of this. It ha- these, this, I mean, it ha- there's only it, right. The whole video, the whole video is two and a half minutes long, and then it said next week, and I was like, next week? I've got to wait another week for two and a half minutes of this. This should be one every day. Just get everyone in there. Get Batman in there. Get a fucking mascot in there. Get fucking Doc Emmerich in there. Get anybody connected with hockey. Just get them in the room with Bissonette and this box. And oh my, a coconut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Coconuts, shanties, desert islands, desert island discs, desert islands, hot, cold, penguins. Oh my! (laughs) Paul, this feels like a hard-boiled egg. Can I take a bite? (laughs) Yeah, just get anybody in there. Fucking hell, just send Bissonette on tour. Get him in with... Oh my god. NHL, I'm giving you this idea. I would like some money for this, but if you try to steal it from me, that's kind of fine because I haven't got the money to fight you in court anyway, so whatever. But... Get Bissonette on the road with fans at the stadium. Just send him to two games a week. Get him with the box. Random shit. Send some people with him. Send some animals as well. You know, not crazy here, but just just get him outside the grounds or something before the game playing what's in the box. It was just brilliant. It's brilliant. And we need so much. It was so cool seeing these NHL players just kind of yucking it around with, with a guy that they can, you know, with a guy that they like. And but, the and banter between Matthews and Bissonette was great. There was jokes, and he was winding him up, and oh, it was, it was so good. It was so good. And and not to steer people onto other other podcasts, other, other hockey podcasts, but for when Bissonette and Ryan Whitney on Spitting Chicklets are like, yeah, you know, when they're going, when they're really in a groove with a good interview of an NHL player, it is fantastic, absolutely yeah, incredible. Yeah, you know, for me, Spitting Chicklets can be a bit hit and miss. But when they're in the zone, oh my god, it's just incredible. It's just fantastic because you get that real, like you said, they get players out of their comfort zone and they actually get them talking about. Yeah, it's it's a bit broy, it's a bit blokish, like you know, talking about dicks and stuff. But oh, it can be, can but that's be fantastic. What the problem is, though, that's that's what you're going to need with NHL players, isn't it? You're going to need them to look at the guy who's talking to them or interviewing them, and they have they can have a rapport with that guy. The best interviews you get in the NFL are between NFL players and NFL players who've just retired and now work for the media. I mean, Christ, get get Bissonette in front of the camera doing games, you know, doing, uh, you know, down on the ice and stuff. Because, like, the players will talk to him way more than they'll talk to some girl or some guy in a suit who's worked at media and got a degree from fucking Stanford or something. They'll talk to Bissonette way more. So what's what? 
swap Pierre out for Biznasty. <laughs> yeah. But any you know, anybody, any any team out there, even like a local get him on, you know, get him on the Coyotes affiliate or something, anyone, it doesn't matter. Well he's already just, a radio colour commentator for the Coyotes, yeah, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he does, yeah. But get him on TV because you know, or any kind of just retired players, get them on and just get them talking. You know, it should be one of the first things you do. To, to um, be fair, though, I think you need us. It does have to be a certain type of player, because like, yeah. Oh yeah, oh, of all, course, yeah. All due respect to Patrick Sharp, I love Patrick Sharp, but <laughs> it's a bit bland, isn't he? Yeah, when, yeah. when Patrick Kane retires, hi, oh, let's play what's in the box. Oh no, it is an egg. Goodbye. Oh, oh no, get up, Patrick. It's oh. a subpoena for sexual assault. Well. Did you have to go there? Which would be fun. I mean, I didn't have to, but I did yeah, choose to. Fair point. You did choose to. You did choose to. That's I feel fun. like we need the annual reminder that Patrick Kane is a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, in not so many words, there it is. So thank you for that. There it is. Did folks. you s- <laughs> did you see the uh, or read the uh, the Mark Bergevin interview? No, I I don't even know what interview this is. What well, I assume. It was an interview where really? Mark Bergevin spoke to either Elliot Friedman or one of his compatriots about things to do with the Montreal Canadiens. Or... He did. Um, kettlebells. <laughs> like an old-timey strongman. What? Oh, hey, lift this box up. Oh, my head. Yes, <laughs> like there we go. Spherical dumbbells, like, bending in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Where you go? I do it with one arm. Yes, I challenge you to from man from the crowd. Could you lift up this barbell? No, you cannot. You are puny man. I am a strong man. Oh, there we go. Away I go. Uh, bye bye. Uh-huh. <laughs> Monsieur, can you lift this uh, giant woolen mallet and uh, hit the bell at the top of the uh, thing that where it shoots up there? Uh, we'll cut that out. Watch this show. I can bench press Jennifer and Juan and Max Domi at the same time. Uh, there we go. Goodbye. Away I go. Ha ha. Okay. That's why so. you keep straining for undersized forwards. <laughs> but they're all different. Le- they're all different weights because he has to keep like rep changing it up. Yes, he, he has to stock his stock his weight shelf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, Barry Cook and Ah, no, I'm not going to cook it. I can't. No. It's hard enough to say in my regular accent. It's true. It's hard enough to say in English, let alone a French attempt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going yeah, to stop out for the rest of the podcast. It was an interview with um, Eric Engels. I pronounce, well, mm-hmm. that's how mm-hmm. I pronounce his name anyway. Um, and to be fair, to be fair to um, Mr. Engels, he did not pull any punches. He uh, he questioned Bergevin about signing players like Strait and Hemsky. He questioned him overpaying um, Arlsner, which was interesting because he got scratched last night, didn't he? He was a healthy scratch. Oh, did he? I um, didn't even see that. Yeah, yeah. He um, he questioned his logic in uh, saying he was never going to trade Sergachev and then obviously trading him for Duran. Um, Bergevin just sort of, you know, politicised his way around these questions. Uh, there was some... But to, to be fair, to be fair to Bergevin, he answered every question as best as he could, or his media training would allow him. Um, he did, one thing that was funny was he said that when people come up to him in the street and talk to him, if they're nice to him, he'll be nice back. 
And I was thinking, well, they're all going to be nice now in case you throw them over the bell centre or something. Do you know? <laughs> like, you might Hulk up and just <laughs> get out of here, puny man, and <laughs> just throw them away. Do not talk to me about that defenseman ever again. Yeah. He was a, he criticised, um, uh, like, Radulov's camp for being greedy, basically. Uh, he did. He said the same for uh, uh, Markov as well, saying that all they cared about was money. They didn't, you know, they, didn't, they weren't really bothered about playing in Montreal, playing for the team. You know, those greedy, was... poisoning Russians are like. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what did he say? Oh, he would t- he, it was weird. He, 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 he was questioned about the way he... Um, I think in 2016, he said, he came out, didn't he, at a press conference and said, you know, the problems are on me, it's my fault. But then he admitted that a few, a few weeks after that, he went to the dressing room and said to the players, it's your fault, <laughs> you're playing shit, kind of thing, which I thought was funny. Because if he comes out in a press conference now and says something, you're not going to be like, well, obviously, you know, is he bullshitting? I don't know. Uh, no, he, he was telling the truth in 2016. What he meant was it was his fault that he hadn't blamed the players enough. Yeah, <laughs> he was um, he was asked about how how's the dressing room uh, the um, the attitude in the dressing room changed, and he said, uh, "Well, it's changed quite a bit. It's, it's better now." And he said, "I don't want to point fingers at players who left," which by saying that he was then pointing the finger at players who'd left, which was a roundabout way of not saying uh, PK Subban or Galchenyuk or Patrick. Or Pacioretty, yeah. Or obviously about, uh, Mikhail Sergachev, who was influencing the dressing room from his junior team. <laughs> yeah. All the way over at Windsor. Yeah. He, they were talking about... Um, this was the one that got me. They were talking about Kerry Price, and he asked Bergevin, you know, are you concerned about the way Price has, uh, has played in pre-season? Because he hasn't, he hasn't been great. But again, it's only pre-season. I'm, I'm not going to take anything... <laughs> Too much. From and no, no goalies have been good in, in this preseason, yeah. really. But Bergevin said um, it didn't matter who was in nets against the Leafs in preseason. And I thought, if it doesn't matter who's in nets, maybe don't pay a guy $10.5 million a year to do that bit. Maybe find a guy you can get for, say, six or five. Because. I mean- yeah, I, that, that just—I found that comment really interesting. I know, I know he's referencing that one game, but I think he could have—I think he could have maybe worded that a bit differently, rather than saying it doesn't it doesn't matter who's in nets against the Leafs. He's—he's he's not helping himself when um, when when really you know he's already. Painted Price, Price and Bergevin have painted themselves into a corner whereby the contract is so enormous for Kerry Price that he has to basically be in the conversation for Hart Trophy contention every year. Otherwise, he's not worth his contract. No, you're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> Engels asked him, "Do you know? Do you know what your worst trade is?" And Bergevin said, <laughs> Bergevin said, I, wait, wait, wait. I, I, oh, what did, he, did he actually say a trade? No, he didn't. Oh, I wanted to try and guess what it was. He just said, he said, you know what your worst trade is? And he said, well, obviously I can't answer that. 
And I thought, I can. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Eric Engels thought that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a bloody episode of Peep Show. <laughs> I could just do Like, my first round being interviewed by Mike Corrigan. Uh, yeah. So, Mark, do you know what your worst trade is? Uh, no, no, obviously I cannot answer that question. Well, I bloody can. <laughs> Take away my bloody PK fucking Zuban. You know who PK is, don't you? PK's Alan Johnson. <laughs> That's fucking racist. Yeah, quite it's accurate. Not. Because they're both as. Oh, God, they're both the best. Dude, PK's Alan Johnson. Johnson's the fucking man. Oh, God, that character's so good. So like John- good. Johnson's like kind of weirdly straight laced though. Like PK's too wacky. Oh, yeah. He's too fun loving. Like Johnson loves fun, but he's still a bit too I suppose. <sighs> I suppose he still takes know. himself too seriously. Like he know. believes his own bullshit kind of thing. Whereas PK is just he's more fun and exciting. <sighs> but yeah, I feel like you've given me a task for the week now I wanna try and cast Peep Show oh, characters as as NHL players. Is it is it too easy to say that Nate Schmidt is super hands? Because <laughs> he definitely is a little bit. <laughs> yeah, okay. William Carlson comes up to, uh, to Nate Schmidt. Oh, how, how you been, Nate? Yeah, long we can look into the mirror. No, a bit of soul searching, Nate. No, William, crack. Lots of crack. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> After you've uh, after you've been caught with PEDs, Nate, what have you been uh, doing in your spare time? Well, I've been crouching down for a while and standing up really quickly to try and get a head rush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god, yeah, Superhands is the best as well. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. That is a good idea. Um, if only it was still the off season. <laughs> Could we, we postpone the season by a couple of weeks? Yeah. And then the only other thing that was interesting. Um, well, this was just to me personally, was that Bergevin then praised uh, the Bruins quite a bit, saying how they hadn't they hadn't gone through... Because he was saying that the Canadians aren't going through a full rebuild, they're retooling on the fly, which he said yeah. is what the Bruins did, where they had to get rid of a couple of players and they've just sort of brought in some youth and kept things moving along by you know, sort of keep making the playoffs and, you know, keep making it into sort of at least later rounds and stuff. Um, but for Bergevin to praise Boston shows that the rivalry is about as exciting as a mid-season episode of Game of Thrones. So that's just where that is at the moment, I guess. But it was it, I would seriously recommend checking out, mate. It was a good interview because, like I say, there wasn't... Eric Engels did not pull any punches at all. Um, and after I kind of after I had a bit of a thing about the media last week saying, why don't you just ask him, you know, just ask him straight why you do this, why'd you do that? And then to read that was uh, was pretty refreshing. So yeah, it was decent. Check it out if you can, everybody. Well in, in that case, shout out to Eric, who's clearly a fan of the podcast and uh taking on our criticism as best he can. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> do you uh Oh, just mention actually, uh, any thoughts on Shea Weber? being uh, picked as Canadian's captain? Um, no. <laughs> Not like, I just thought... It's it's stupid in in the very obvious reason, in the fact that he's not going to hit the ice until 2019 at the earliest. Yeah. 
but at the same time, you know, Bergevin's had a chub on to give Shea Weber the captain ever since he traded for him. And I, I mean, it's just you get people that are captains. You know what I mean? Like it's you know, rightly or wrongly, they are. They just are type classed as captains. You know, players like Johnny Taves. Like if Jonathan Taves gets traded anywhere, he's probably going to end up end up with a C at some point. Shea yeah. Weber ends up with a C at some point. Um, I'm trying to think of what other captains have uh, have been traded recently. Um, yeah, I don't know. Derek McKenzie is gonna gonna be captain of an AHL team at some point. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like it, it just seemed seemed inevitable, really, didn't it? Yeah, and there was there was no kind of other option, really, was there? I thought. I mean, you could have said maybe Brendan Gallagher, but but it's, that, that was it. It's funny and a bit telling in the. Yeah, a few years ago, granted there are slightly different circumstances when they gave four A's out to what Markov, um, Subban, Pacioretty, and Emelin, was it the other one? Oh, uh, that, yeah, that was the no, thing I had. I couldn't uh, maybe Thomas Plakanich, wouldn't it? Ah, fair enough. Yeah, I, um, I forgot that. So Bergevin, you know, didn't mind not giving anyone the captaincy then, and yet now he's, you know, Tripping over himself, trying to stitch the C onto, onto bloody uh, Shea Weber's jersey. Like, I don't know. Just sheds a bit more like light on the fact that Bergeron probably never really liked either Subban or or Pacioretty for whatever reason. No, you're right. I think now as well that Shea Weber should probably be looking for a new house because now he's a captain. He's probably going to get traded, isn't he? Or you know, <laughs> got rid of. But no, he's, he's, he's going to be like the poster, oh, mate. Like, it's it's so. I, I do feel for like Kerry Price and Shea Weber. I really do. That yeah, they're they've all they're almost going to become like um like Phil Kessel and Dion Phaneuf did in Toronto. Yeah, where they're sort of the problem, really. Like they're getting in the way of this team getting better because they're too good, you know. Like they, they're just like the the scapegoats for everything else that's wrong with the franchise. Yeah, because you would think you know if you've got Kerry Price and shape, if you were if you were building an NHL team on NHL nineteen or something, and you've got a starting pack with Shea Weber and Kerry Price, and you'd be thinking, oh cool, I'll do me, like, I'll take that all day. Absolutely buzzing. Right. Yeah, same with any if you if you're building you know an NHL team in real life. If you if there was a sudden like a rejig of the system and every year every player got traded to a new team and you came out with Shea Weber and Carey Price you'd be thinking alright let's go that's that's I could have got way worse than that we could build just, off yeah, this yeah yeah for sure but yeah I, I agree with what you mean I, I agree with what you're saying completely like over the next few years any problems that the Canadians are going to have is just going to come back to well we're paying those two guys too much and it's just you know how, how are we supposed to rebuild when we've got these two guys on our roster but but it's the age old thing of you know when you have Max Pacioretty, PK Subban, Mikhail Sergachev, you know Kerry Price obviously <laughs> name them keep keep them coming. How do you yeah. end up with yeah? You know, with all due respect to players like Jonathan Duran and Brendan Gallagher and and even Max Domi to an extent, perfectly good players. But you had three game changers and now you've ended up with 
where you had four game changers, you've turned three of them basically into one game changer who is broken. Yeah, totally. And and arguably not much of a game changer on the the good side of the puck, if you will. Great defensively, and he can move the puck, but he's not elite in that respect. No. No, not at all. Um, I was going to suggest, Will, that we have a little game of Fortnite, uh, but then realised that it had been banned. It's fine. I um I got put on waivers by the Canucks, so I'm allowed to play again. <laughs> okay, okay. Because I got picked up this by the Jets, so I can I can play to my heart's content. <laughs> yeah. You and Liney got a Twitch stream going <laughs> <laughs> during during the game. We're on the bench. Got our switches out <laughs> on the switch. Yeah. What do oh, you think of this mate. then? Is this crazy? Like I bet I bet these same players are allowed to have a beer on their off night, aren't they? Fucking are you kidding me? For context, Bo Horvat said that um, Fortnite's been banned by. Um, did he say that? Did he say that the players are taking the decision to do it? I think I read. Was that right? Or did I I'm making that up? Uh, I mean, maybe I can't remember the exact quotes, but I remember it stinking of the organisation has decided that we are not playing video games anymore. Yeah, yeah, so that's how I read it. I, I love the idea. Of ridiculous. Big Jim Benning taking an absolute slug of Colombia's finest, sliding it across his table like, here you go, Bo, party like a man. No more of that video game shit. <laughs> <sighs> no, I had it, I had it they got, that they got Jim Benning played it and he got down to the final two and got headshot or something. He <laughs> was just so pissed off. He's like, I hate this it. game. I can't fucking ever win. I can never fucking win. We're done. We are done with this. It's bloody Elias Pettersson, uh, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Flossing on him. Even the new kids are fucking <laughs> flossing on him. Oh, I tell you, my fucking daughter at the moment, she cannot stop flossing. It's all she does. Everything she does has to be followed by a. So she's what day? What day was it today? <laughs> Thursday, Monday. So Monday. She it wasn't. It was wasn't taking... Monday today. Dan. No, no, no. I was trying to count back the days to like. Okay, it's Monday. Uh, did, 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 you, did you do it on your fingers? <laughs> yeah. I've got an abacus. You know, clicking. <laughs> so it's just your so old bones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. On Monday, she was uh, she was brushing her teeth, and I said, "I was like, let's have a look at your teeth." Then she was e. I was like, "Oh yeah, cool, good job." She's like, "Yeah, my teeth are good. Good teeth floss." And it's just like, "Why are you flossing for good teeth? That makes no sense." She can't stop herself. Anyway, this is yeah. crazy, right? Buying a video game just on flossing. Okay. <laughs> Just on flossing. Now that I attend dentists, um, yeah, I, I will, I will apologise in advance to my um, to my soon-to-be mother-in-law. Um, Carol, do forgive me if forever for whatever reason you're actually listening to this, but for the life of her, the woman cannot floss. <laughs> there have been numerous occasions where we have tried to teach her, but she just can't do it. She just can't do it. I, I, I feel bad for her. I feel bad for her. It's like watching in real time someone that you care about losing grip on, on the world and it just slipping <laughs> out of your grasp. And and it's a shame that flossing is, is the thing that has disconnected her from the youth. 
Yeah, that's when you know, isn't it? There's that point in your life when you can't do that thing that the kids can do, and that's it. You're now officially old. There, there's a difference between not being down with the kids and not even being able Just to be old with the kids. Yeah, yeah. Your words, not mine. That's true. You know, that's the only reason I. <laughs> it's not. That was a lie. That was for the sake of comedy purposes. But the, I was going to say it's the only reason I still exercise. Is so I can still do handstands and cartwheels and all that kind of thing. So my daughter's not just, oh god, you're old. Like, no, I don't want to be. Well, I expect you can do floss, Dan. That's the important thing, then. Hell yeah, I can floss, dude. Got moves. But yeah, <laughs> all, all, all oiled up on the crossfit <laughs> in front of the mirror. Floss into your heart's content. <laughs> it's awful. Knock it off. Making a really like, um, squelchy sound where you're all oiled up. Oh, it's gonna be good. It's true. Uh, I want to give a, a yeah shout out to at t at t kashim on Twitter. T k a s h i m. He had a I think he had a good tweet which was a uh, we don't want the young guys doing something that's so foreign like so foreign like video games. We need to teach them the values of cocaine, binge drinking, and wife swapping instead. The Canucks, <laughs> which I thought yeah, it's so true. It's just ridiculous that. Oh, hey guys, you know that you know, you're know you not allowed to go out before games anymore and you have to basically sit in your hotel room. Well, the thing you do in the hotel room for entertainment, you can't do that either now. So you need to just stare at the wall for six hours like the fucking psychopathic girl in Audition. Can you just do that instead? That'd be great. I think Don't do I'm, anything now. Because what, what was the quote from Horvat where we're going to focus on you know, team meals and, and hanging out with the guys or, or whatever it was? Like it's basically, our socialising is going to be team-centric from now on. And that yeah. just reeks of Dougie Hamilton all over again, really, doesn't it? That just yeah, that just reeks to me of old pe- of old people talking. That that to me is because honestly, this, this is going to sound so stupid, but when me and my friends are playing a video game together, if it's I think if it's Battlefield, like it's Battlefield or something, and there's five of us in a squad, and if if we win the game. With say, and we win like twenty points to nil or something at the end, and us fa- and we're top. Honestly, we we just it's like the best feeling. You're like, yes, we did it, awesome, cool. It's like you know, you get ten mates in in like a hotel room when you're playing Fortnite or something, uh, and it's one on one at the end, and then one guy wins. It just I don't know. It's it's just, it's it's such a good bonding. It is a, it is a good bonding thing, and to think it isn't is ridiculous because you already got. Surely players already go out for team meals anyway. Aren't they, like, mandatory as part of, like, being in the team? I'd, I'd love to come out for dinner, but I'm too busy playing Fortnite. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, in a, in a museum. Sorry. <laughs> on on the flip side of what you're saying about the, the bonding, like, it's... Yeah, there are people that, like... I, I'm, I'm definitely one of them myself. I'm a bit of an introvert. And, and to say that I recharge and I get my energy by having... A bit of alone time, doing something that I want to do that doesn't doesn't involve anyone else. Like every now and again, there are plenty of people. In the I bet you do. Sh- I bet you do, you dirty boy. <laughs> I'm not bloody baby all up. Don't you worry about that. But I, I I like to relax, sit 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 on my own for a couple of hours, or whatever, however long it is. Chuck a game in the PlayStation and just switch off. And I'm sure yeah. there are plenty of pe- plenty of hockey players out there who are just the same. And you know, it's it's a weird attack on video games themselves 
they're, it's not like they're banning Netflix. It's not like they're banning reading fucking books. And like, you know, like, are they, are they going to ban, I don't know what the current mobile game trend is, but like, you know, Candy Crush or anything like that. Like, you know, Foe Hall that's yeah. sitting in his bedroom playing Minesweeper on his phone is Jim Benning going to burst through like the bloody um, Kool-Aid geezer and be like you better not be playing games on that phone there boy <laughs> Jim Benning of course character from the uh, 1980 smash hit Dallas <laughs> <laughs> I knew I recognised him from somewhere <laughs> yeah I had, no, I had no idea no it's true because I was I was then thinking well like the um the competitiveness sometimes of people playing video games is silly and you can have that but then i was thinking well what if they like players play cards all the time so what if you're on like you know you're traveling from vancouver to fucking anaheim or something and you're playing cards and you lose like five g's to the guy next to you is like is that it now no more cards i was, I was gonna say i'm absolutely buzzing for when every single member of the vancouver canucks is in crippling gambling debt because of all the cards <laughs> they've had to play because they can't play because they can't play fortnite anymore <laughs> they've channeled that that passion into into illegal gambling yeah like there's four guys sound like a plunk and they're like i'll have seven grand on that guy shit he lost He's got too many marbles. <laughs> Jim, have, uh, have you got a minute? Yeah, yeah, sure, bro. Come in, come in. So, I know, I think, yeah, I'm totally on board with this new video game. Bad, like, yeah, they were never for me anyway. I'm not, you know, what I mean, I'm not, not much of a of a nerd of that sort of thing. How do you feel about cockfighting? <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally, totally. So, tell you. Idle hands make light work, and it's better the devil you know than the devil you don't. Let me tell you, because you give that. Hey, we're talk about. I'm going to talk about that Vancouver team in a minute. But you give a young team like that not enough things to do. You start taking things away from them. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. There's going to be another riot in Vancouver. But it's going to be the players this time tipping over cars and shit. Let's let's be honest, though, Dan. All, all this going to happen is they're just going to start wanking loads and they're not really going to have any energy because they've been up all night fucking wanking. Like, that's it. That is it. Like, Oh, I'll tell you, eh? Brock Bester's slap shot's looking a bit weak tonight. Yeah, I'll tell you, it isn't it? Yeah, I wonder why that is. We all know why that is. <laughs> Looks like he's lacking a bit of spunk out there, Jim. <laughs> he had a lot of spunk last night, boy, I'll tell you that. <laughs> He put himself in sticker situations all night. It's not oh. good. Oh, these are gross. Let's not start this again. This is a very sexy episode. It's like a sexy party. <laughs> it's like, like our version of the body issue. It's so true. <laughs> we need to call this the porn issue or something. It's, just, it's, it's all been downhill from the start. I don't, I don't think we do, Dan. No, you're right. I think, I think that's the last thing we need to do, to draw even yeah, more attention point. to the lewd content within this podcast. <laughs> Oh, it's so true alright then so the season is on us let's have a quick little preview shall we um, not too big but maybe just a couple of little, uh, little <laughs> a quick little pre- maybe. we're 90 minutes into a podcast let's do a season preview <laughs> no <laughs> like a couple of little quick you know like quick predictions or something like that that was all nothing too quick we did this last year and I think we were both then we both pick Pittsburgh versus Nashville. My 
if my memory serves, which it always does, um, every last one of my predictions was spot on. Yes, you're right. I remember now. Yeah, because yeah, mine was can... as well, and I said, that's weird. We're both exactly right on everything. And yeah. we just knew there was something, something in the air that night. Hang on. I've just been informed as well that last year's season preview episode has been deleted from the archives as well. So nobody, no, no, we can't even check now to make sure that was true or not. Bloody iTunes, what are you going to do? What, what can you do? What can you do? It is what it is, Dan. It is what it is, one of those things. Who's winning the Stanley Cup this year, Will? Oh, Let's go big gun, right out of the gate. Let's go I, for don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. Um, I, I honestly haven't even thought about it yet. Um, tell you what, tell you what, tell you what. How many, how many teams do you think legitimately can win it? And I know, I know... I know I'm saying this coming off the back of a Vegas Caps final. I get it. And we're going to be laughed at again in like fucking June or July. But like, if you were to say right now, how many teams do you think can win it? You're going to be pissed off if I say 31. (laughs) No? If that's what you think, that's fine. I just just don't know. I just... I mean, I do know. Um... Come on, put your neck see, out there. Give right. me a team. I won't see the team that's popped into my head for basically no reason. It's Philadelphia. Hmm. I don't. I don't believe that they're going to win the Stanley Cup. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they end up in the final. Fit, look at Philly for a run this year. That's going to be my slightly out. Excuse me, off the wall uh, prediction. Jesus, that's your out there hot. That's your. That hey, that is a hot take. I think I think it's relatively hot. Um, I, th- I think I think they've got the pieces out a good year last year. If that Couturier, Giroud, and Voracek line carries on doing what it's doing, if Nolan Patrick carries on the way he ended his season last year, and then you got they've got JVR there, they got Wayne Simmons still. Um, who who else am I forgetting? Got bit of tra- Travis Konechny. Then yeah, on the back end you got Gostas Bear, Provorov, bunch of other. Do excuse me, uh, a bunch and of other of course, decent uh, defensemen. Yeah, and of course, well, well, they can't win the Stanley Cup because we know as they get towards the end of the season, Radko Gudis will have to assert his dominance again and try and kill somebody on his own team. I think like he's going to try and impale someone on, on yeah. a stick this year. Rather than beheading, it's going to be he's going to spear someone so badly that he goes through and then they're just going to be left there. Gudis' problem now is is that he's old news. Tom Wilson's the new guy to hate, so Gudis is gonna have to go even go even further now to like really cement himself. This is the thing I'd forgotten for. I'm gonna say the last five months of Radko Gudas even existed. How could we? I like I did the same. I totally forgot about the training. Obviously, you know the practice oh, rink, and he up, when he, he, when he killed Sean Couturier. Yeah, he upended Sean Couturier, who ended up trying to play that last game on, you know, basically half a knee. Didn't you get five points on half a knee? Or am yeah, I making that really up? Well, <laughs> I'm sure he, I'm sure he did, didn't he? He got, anyway, he definitely got, yeah. a, he had a big game on after Rako Gudas murdered him. So, yeah, oh, memories, memories. Okay, well, yeah, so flyers. so yeah, my, my terrible take. Flyers is going to be my out out of the box pick. Um, yeah, and then from the west, if we're going to have a weird team from the west, nah, 
I can't see anybody. Yeah, there's nobody out of the box from the West, I think. This is it. Everyone, everyone's a bit too... Even surprising. I, I wanted to say, like, the Kings, but I don't have faith that the Kings are going to do it. I don't think no. St. Louis are out of the box enough now. And especially considering that goalie duo, like, that is fucking diabolical. So I don't have any faith in that happening. Like, the problem is that the teams that are going to potentially go far in the West are all just too good anyway. And then even if you throw Vegas in there, you can't say that a team that was in the Stanley Cup final last year making the final again is out of the box, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So who's your in? who would you say is your in-the-box pick then? For the whole uh, shebang featuring Big Timmy. Uh, it's it's, it's got to be Tampa Bay versus Winnipeg, I reckon. Yeah, I've got I've gone for the I've I've got the uh, I've got the Jets. And or pot- potentially, sorry to cut you off, but I wonder if That's we're going to end up with because um, like the shot because you're going to get uh, a Winnipeg Nashville second round again, likely. Yeah. Um, unless they meet in the first round, but that's another that's another kettle of fish entirely. If you end up with like you know a Winnipeg or Nashville versus San Jose Western Conference final, and then the Sharks have just had to go through whoever they've had to go through, it's going to be easier than what the Jets or the or the Preds have done. And then they close same, yeah, to the same as last year, is that yeah. the best teams end up killing each other, and the other ones are there to just kind of pick up the scraps. But then the team picking up the scraps this year isn't Vegas, it's the Sharks with <laughs> the Sharks. With, Bert, with Carlson. <laughs> like Oh shit, yeah, good point. That's that's uh, that's how like it's it feels weird to say the Sharks could sort of benefit from an easy ride and get to the final, but that could really be Yeah, they could be a team that is poised to really take advantage of of a central division that's just gonna eat itself alive. Yeah, I mean that that central is just terrifying, isn't it? It's terrifying. Oh, it's horrendous, absolutely horrendous. Like, because you know, all, all due respect to, so you've got your top three, which are obviously sitting at the moment. You got the President of Jets in whatever order. Then the Blues yeah. are affirmed number three at the moment. Yeah, and then the other four teams. Well, let's say the next three teams. Minnesota, as boring as they are, they're still consistent. Like, sure, they've got another year older, but. They should still be a threat to make the playoffs. Colorado, who knows what the fuck's going to happen there this year? Like they could easily go back to being a really crap team, or all their young players could take another step. That top line of Ranton and McKinnon and Landis could carry on being on fire, and they just absolutely tear the league up. The Stars, I'm not convinced. I don't think they're going to have a particularly good season, but they've got the pieces there to potentially do some damage. Or at the very least, even if they do come sixth in the division, they're a better sixth place than a lot of other divisions. Oh, and yeah, then, for sure. And then the the Blackhawks, I think they're going to come last again, but they're again a, a better seventh or last place team than than certain other divisions. Oh, that's right. That is right. Yeah, I yeah, couldn't agree more. Dangerous, uh, dangerous place to live. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. Um, oh, I was going to say to you then. I can't remember. Sure. Oh no, yeah, um, yeah. I've got, I've got the Jets. I, I think that I think the Jets take it this year. Um, I just, I don't know. But 
I was thinking today, is it going to be one of those scenarios where because of what happened last season, everyone goes with wacky way out there picks this year and it just ends up being, I don't know, Toronto versus Nashville, something that everyone expects. You know, what like it is just the top te- one of the top teams versus one of the other top teams. In, in a way, I'd like to see it. Like, yeah, I, I want it to be you know, Tampa Bay, San Jose. Like, I want it to be, yeah, Winnipeg, Toronto, whatever. It, I can't imagine a Winnipeg, Toronto final. That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? <sighs> With the guarantee that a Canadian team is going to win the cup. Yeah, there's a Canadian. And, is this the year, Will? Is this the year? They've got to be. I mean, they've got to be the. This is the best setup for years, right? For a Canadian team to win it. I don't, I don't think so. Like, I think the next few years are still going to be as good. Because um, it's really only Toronto and Winnipeg that are going to be threatening. Actually, yeah. <laughs> looking Go. As I said that, thinking about it, looking down the list in my head, I was like, actually, no, there's any of those two I've just mentioned. That's it. Calgary are going to be a good team, potentially, but they're still a bit of a wild card just because there's that weird Calgary jinx over them. Um, yeah. I could just as easily see them doing well and making the second round or flaming out and not making the playoffs at all. Um, Edmonton, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. Vancouver, obviously aren't going to make the playoffs this year. Same for Montreal and uh, the Senators. There's no need to uh, even mention them in this conversation. But those two teams, Winnipeg and Toronto, are going to be the best chance for it to happen for the next five years, whatever it, however long it's going to be. And I, yeah, I'd I'd love for a Winnipeg Toronto final. That'd be fantastic. That'd be be some great hockey. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, any teams this year uh, you think could surprise you, or could surprise anybody? And this was where I'll because I'll start. I was going to go back to Vancouver. Um, in that we kept saying, didn't we, that you know they never, you know, they're never getting on in. It's always bits and pieces. They're just. Their rebuilds taking years and years and years, and then I mentioned the other week about them. You know the comparison to Winnipeg, and can they finally <clears throat> bring it all together? Because I think now Vancouver are the only team that you could say nobody's thought. Oh yeah, maybe they could. Maybe they could sneak in at the end or something. Um, I just but again, I don't. I don't um, see it personally. That's my. I mean, that's my. I'm not Christ. Not to win it, obviously. But that's my out there pick for some for, for a team to be like, oh, you know what? They had a good season, better than I thought they would. That's just that. That's my that pick for that thing. Yeah, I do, I like that. Um, I don't know. I think um, Carolina maybe. Is nah, this the year? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not touching Carolina. I'm not touching the Coyotes. I'm, I'm not even going to touch the Sabres. Like, I don't I don't want anything not to do... Not into these traps again. No, yeah. not again. This is going to be the year that I finally don't say anything about these bloody honey trap teams, like these siren song fool teams. Me, fool me seven times. Shame on me. <laughs> Shame <laughs> on me, Dan. I'm not going to fall for it, Jack Eichel. I'm not. I will not. <sighs> it's hard. It's hard. I um... Last season has really thrown a spanner in the works I think yeah. for a lot of because I've I was um, oh Christ I can never remember I was reading I was reading something and some, somebody referenced the fact that a lot of experts and analysts now are just looking back on last season saying oh, what how how is it possible what happened again 
And it's just how, it, it yeah. is. It's how how can you predict anything where the only guy to get any predictions right the whole of the last postseason was a guy was a guy who flipped a coin. <laughs> like no one else, no one else was even close. It just turns the whole thing on its head. Um, I think my my team for I, I suppose Philadelphia to an extent fit that criteria, but I think a team oh, yeah, that's yeah, going to do point. it might be a bit of a cop out based on who they have in net, but I think the Rangers are going to have a better season than people expect and than the Rangers plan to have. I think there could be, a, you know, if, if Hank has a good season, and I, I look up and down that roster, I, I, I like what I see. I, I do like what I see there. I think they've, you know, you compare that to, to the Ottawa roster, you're taking that Rangers roster 10 times out of 10, aren't you? Oh, God, yeah. God, and, yes. All right, you compare it to the Detroit roster, you're probably taking the, the Rangers roster 10 times out of 10, aren't you? Yeah. And you compare it to you all the what? other a good point. supposed basement teams, you've still got players like Chris Cryder, you've still got Mika Zibanejad, I love a bit of Mika Zibanejad, um, yeah. Matt Zuccarello, even the young players, Anderson, Heal, uh, Brady Shea still. The D is a bit shaky, very shaky, but um, I just think like you know, it's not the shaky. Well, Lundqvist has played in front of, but behind a shaky D before. I think if if Hank has a Hank season, they might not make the playoffs, but I don't think they'll necessarily be the worst team in the league, as some are potentially hoping they will be. Yeah, you hope this isn't this. Well, obviously, Rangers fans hope this isn't the season where Hank's age finally. Because like we said it a million times, once once you hit a certain age, once a player hits a certain age, and it's different for different players, but the drop off is substantial and it's incredibly quick. Um, I hope, yeah, like I hope Hank does have a good year. Well, I mean, so if, it's good to see Lundqvist playing well. If if I'm a Rangers fan, I hope he doesn't play well. I want to slice that Jack Hughes because that's going to really help that uh, that rebuild, isn't it? Fair point, fair point. So it's, yeah, so I was going to say, do you think they make the playoffs then or not? So you think no, 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 I don't, I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they'll be the bubble team, which is definitely overachieving what a lot of people are penciling them in for. Yeah. How about, how about you? Who's your uh, who's your dark horse to do something weird? I oh, know you said Vancouver, didn't yeah, you? Van- yeah, Vancouver was my... It's just such a, a, deep, a deep sleeper, don't they, in drafts. They like yeah, those fantasy games. Yeah, it's just such a such a sleeper that I completely disregarded it as a pick and thought we were just shitting on them. <laughs> but everyone else, everyone else has has been mentioned. Some people, yeah, like well, the Sabers have got all this. They've got so much talent now through the draft, and you know they've acquired Skinner and they've changed the roster around. Maybe they can do something. People are talking about oh, maybe the Panthers can surprise you this year. Everyone's talking about the Coyotes. Um, Carolina is this the is this the year finally they do something so yeah I thought well there's only Vancouver left really use this is the thing like, worth talking about the reason I don't want to hitch my wagon to to the Sabers the Coyotes or, or the Hurricanes is because they have made good moves again this year like their rosters are better than they were last year yeah you look at the Canes their their young players are going to be even better Sebastian Aho maybe they're going to work him in as the number one centre this year and like. You know, Tara Vinen, they've now got Andre Svechnikov, like Martin Netskas is coming up. They're going to be a better team. Um, Buffalo have made all the all the well 
well-documented moves with Connor Sherry, um, Jeff Skinner, they've obviously got Rasmus Darlin, um, Jack Eichel's uh, another year older, another year wiser, same with the Coyotes, and Clayton Keller, um, Alex Galchenyuk, that D is still better than a lot of Ds out in the uh, out in the league, so it's, but, yeah, I just don't, don't uh, I'm not buying the snake oil this year. Do you know what I feel like it is though as well with a lot of people is that I think because of last season a lot more people are now feeling they have to make sort of wilder picks. They'll say, well yeah of course, you know you're looking at San Jose, Nashville, Winnipeg, you know you're looking at Toronto, um, Washington, but then don't forget about this team. Maybe don't make, because now that they've now got to mention sort of seven or eight teams to say, well look I picked them, I picked them, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I can justify my job. I can justify why I should get paid all this money to be an analyst. And and that um that sort of loss of faith in predictions, if you will, trickles down further than just the final of Vegas versus Washington. You look at teams like Colorado and New Jersey who had an instant turnaround. Instant, yeah. yeah you go into that season thinking, right, yeah, they might have some flashes, but this is a team for the future. And bam, they got on runs and they make the, they make the playoffs and they play some really good hockey along the way. So it's there's so much more to it than just yeah you know, the the it's not just a patch of ground of of making the final that's been churned up and changed. <clears throat> the whole playoff landscape has has been changed. You can't you can't disregard any team because yeah and and I, I, I in a way I blame Colorado and New Jersey more than Vegas because Vegas were always going to be a wild card. Whereas Colorado and New Jersey, we thought we knew what we had in them, and yet they just flipped the script on their head. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. See, that was quick. There you go. After you... relatively concise. Yeah, after you mocked me. Now, Will, are you ready for this? Are you ready? I'm because after the uh, after you were humiliated last season by a machine. In a man versus machine, I didn't realize I that video to... got out. Yeah, we need to change things up a bit. So I'm taking the aforementioned uh, super prediction machine from the postseason, the coin flip. So, Will, we're going to be playing man versus coin flip. What's the most you ever lost on a coin toss? Call it. <laughs> and... <laughs> so it's not scores this year. It's just pick which team wins. We've got five games. I got my daughter to flip the coin for me before, and I've picked five games, and every week we'll have five games. And let's see if you can beat a coin in predictions over the course of a season. All right? I feel like I feel like this is a personal attack against me, really. Last year you had me <laughs> going up against a computer, which is you know known to be as smart as, or even not smarter than a man, and now you feel that my abilities are so meagre that I can only face off against a coin. You know what's terrible as well? I've got games for the next two seasons as well, based off stupid things like this. <laughs> I've already got the ideas down. I just need to... I need, but I can, we can only do one a season. Anyway. that That's assuming so, that I don't quit after being humiliated by the coin. We're going to get 20... Coin. We're going to get 20 games in. I've got nothing right. And I'm just going to storm off my own proverbial set. <laughs> And by that I mean walk right. four feet to the sofa and boot up Final Fantasy X and cry into my controller. Yeah. Alright. Uh, Sharkies v Kings. What do you got? Is that tonight? 
I think so. Tonight or tomorrow, I think. Jesus. Um, anyway. Sh- Shogs. <laughs> <laughs> Said with such conviction. <laughs> All right. Um, sends v leaves. Oh, it's got, got to be the sends, doesn't it? You're gonna go for the sends. <laughs> Has to. I can't not go for the sends in that one. Let's uh, go. We got uh, Panthers lightning. Oh fucking hell! The lightning. It has. Uh, yeah, it's got to be the lightning. Uh, Golden Knights sabers. <sighs> oh, I don't like that one. I don't like that at all. That's horrible, isn't it? That's a horrible one. Is that is that Mike's first game of the season as well? I don't think so. No, I think it's later in the week, I think. So I think it's, okay. I think it's the second game, I think. Either way, um, I'm going to go Knights. All right. And then uh, Flames, Preds. Uh, Preds. I'm going to go with the chalk on that one. All right, might, there we go. Just, just to explain my thinking with the Sens over the Leafs. It's like if you ever play any sort of game or sport or whatever it is, we've got a very experienced, very good team or player who plays against someone who doesn't have a fucking clue what they're doing. And then <laughs> the pl- the experienced player is trying to predict, okay, if I was in this position, I would do X to defend or attack. And then the inexperienced person being so stupid and so inexperienced does something completely off the wall completely unpredictable and then somehow gets a result out of it just because the other team doesn't know how to play against them I love that way of thinking because that really does make sense that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense they're going to headless chicken themselves to the Stanley Cup final and it's not going to matter <laughs> they don't have a first round pick <laughs> yeah, they don't care because they're picking late anyway <laughs> take, take that Colorado pick 31st bitches <laughs> That'll be the best. Oh my god. Am I all in on that now? I might be all in on that. That's even funnier. Nah, no, nah, I'm still for, for Jack Hughes ending up in Denver. Oh, I don't apart, know. Apart, apart from this. this Come on, first everyone's week. everyone's expecting the everyone's expecting the Sens to maybe be the worst team in history. And if they and then they win it. And Colorado's all all off season we're thinking, yeah, we're getting fucking Jack Hughes, baby. Gonna be that first overall pick. And then you end up picking thirty first. And just taking some like six line uh, some six pair D man or something. Yeah, but in that, in that horrendous, bizarro world you've created, it's basically gonna end up as like the Sens versus the Wild in the final. And I think that's <laughs> they're gonna start that's the, the death of hockey. The, yeah, they'll start the lockout early if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. All right then, let's get out of here. Uh, well, what, what, did, what did the coin get? What did the coin get? I'm not telling you nothing, well. Oh fucking hell! I see how it is. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That, yes, that's it. That is how it is. Would you? Okay. Would you rather know, or would you rather wait till next week to see what the scores are? Surely I'd you'd rather wait till next week to see what the scores are. No, I want to know what the coin predicted now, because just to have it for posterity, so that it's not like. Yeah, not that I distrust you, Dan, but we still have to have some sort of evidence of, of these predictions being Break, fair. Breaking news, Will, you should distrust me <laughs> completely <laughs> right. because I'm a complete shyster. I do distrust you, but I want you to have the opinion that I do trust you okay. without me, without understanding that I want you. 
Well, okay, the interesting thing was is that the only game you picked any differently from the coin was Shark's Kin. Because even the coin picked the sense to win. <laughs> I feel like I'm having some sort of existential crisis where I realise that I'm basically a coin being flipped. <laughs> and every decision I make is it involves no, it's, it's as much brain power as a copper copper piece of coin. Piece... <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> It's like the end of Men in Black, where the aliens are just playing dice with uh, playing marbles with the galaxies, and like oh, mate, mass. Yes. That's all it is. We're just we're just coins being flipped by alien species, and it's just that's all. Everything's fifty fifty. So, yeah, so, so the, the only had... one that was different was kings. The the coin yeah the coin, the, kings. the coin had the kings, and you had the sharks. That was it. Everything else was the same. But that's fine. That's fine. But like, yeah, to be fair, yeah, that's good. It, it is it is better to say. Um, Christ. All right, then. All right, let's get out of there properly this time. Just listening, folks. Thank you for, as always, get in touch with us on Twitter at DanStraightsEdge. Will, you are at W E V E B E R E T T. And uh, at Tubrit's One Puck, number two, number one. Get ready for the uh, hot first period takes. Joining you very soon from my burning little fingers. Uh, Will, any last words? Um, this is going to be the last day that I'm happy for uh, the next seven months. <laughs> Until you're mathematically out. I have no faith whatsoever in this Dallas Stars roster this year. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm fast realising that this entire summer that I've waited for the NHL to come back has been a waste of time and it's just going to disappoint me yet again. Thanks. (laughs) Such happiness, folks. Take care. See you later. Peace.